podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to a special bonus show here on Anfield Index Pro because we know you're all jonesing for content during the international break. And myself and my friend Dave Davis have decided to fill in a blank for you in your life by talking about the forthcoming cup competitions, the squads that are going to be available to Jurgen and who we'd like to see featuring them, seeing as they are going to be a big feature of the season to come, especially the Europa League with its multiple fixtures. So without further ado, hello, Dave. I hope you're looking forward to this chat. You've come up with the idea and I'm delighted to uh, take part in the chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. It's almost like a, a sense of deja vu, but I'm like in the angle, Trev, we'll be getting to pretend we're Jürgen and naturally picking about 8,000 things incorrectly. So it should be fun. Absolutely. And just so we can uh, maybe give a little bit of detail and people can see how the sausage is made. We actually have been, you know, trying to do our due diligence and uh, do a little bit of background checking and work out exactly who's in the Europa League squad. And no matter how many ways from Sunday we've Googled searched this bloody thing. Um, obviously, some people who are very probably in the know about how to access this kind of information maybe can find it but between the two of us we can't come up with a definitive list what we can come up with is that there was a lot of um hoo-ha about having to uh take out adrian from the squad now what we're reading between the lines dave correct me if i'm wrong um our assumption is then that basically everybody else is available because there's this whole palaver with the europa league in terms of having two lists there's list a and list b list a has all the players who do not qualify for list b in short either due to age or length of time that they've been with the club and i think ryan gravenberg and um, ben doak didn't have the two years of consecutive time at the club uh, and some other category that they didn't fit into. So they were they uh, uh, obviously needed to be uh, accommodated uh, in this Europa League squad. And I think it meant that Adrian was by necessity pushed out. Um, not too many of us are going to cry too many tears about the loss of Adrian as a footballer. Great stories about him as a chap. However, we're just talking about purely in football terms here that's what this show is about who we want to see involved what we think priorities should be and so on have i got that right dave am i summing that up to your satisfaction yeah that, that's pretty much absolutely perfect is that yeah despite the fact we've uh, googled high and low practically we can't seem to find anything official but yeah the adrian story seems to be the one that that drew any attention so fair game for the rest is all we can say at this stage now, the problem at the heart of this podcast that we're trying to 
to pull apart is who takes part in these games. So to clarify, the Carabao Cup draw came out. We've got Leicester in the third round. Uh, the Europa League draw was done. We've got Lask from Austria, Toulouse from France, and Union Saint-Gilles or Gilles from Belgium. Um, and they are going to, in in and of themselves, that's uh, two games against each of those uh, opponents in the Europa League group stage and with the game against um, Leicester in the Carabao. And of course, um, not long into the new year, the, the FA Cup will pick up and we either uh, rise or fall like we will in the third round against Leicester. In that as well, it'll be pretty much exactly the same conversation. So between the fragility of certain members of our squad, um, the importance of us doing well in the league this year, and I think we can't understate that. I think it's absolutely vital that we make sure that Champions League football is secured for next season. Uh, And also, I guess, the makeup of the squad um, between veterans and youngsters. It's a very interesting conundrum for the manager, Dave, as to who should take part in these games, the Europa League group stage games and the game against Leicester and eventually the opening round of the FA Cup as well. People will have very strong opinions of this about this. I've seen these opinions. I've heard these opinions spoken to me on podcasts where people are saying X, Y, or Z should be nowhere near that competition, uh, and they're very definitive about it. So I guess that's what we're here to pull apart today, right? To see what we think um, would be a, a, an acceptable selection process for the manager, as you say, to, to 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 play to play gaffer for the day and see can we get inside that kind of topic and who should or should not be part of the squad, not necessarily squad, part of the team playing most of the minutes in those games again. Have I set up the premise of this right? Yeah, absolutely, Trev, because exactly as, as you kind of summarised there, it's almost important we start to think who should be starting these games, getting the minutes, as much as who for a lot of people like me as well shouldn't be anywhere near the tarmac to take off even. Right, and now we're getting to it. And this is exactly what what, what we want to sort of pull apart in this show here. And I may have... I may have a slightly contradictory opinion as we go on through it um, based on what you've suggested there, but I'm I'm looking forward to doing this. So first up, let's talk Europa League because it is the biggest ball of fixtures. They are uh, set in stone. It's not as if we need to qualify or we need to win to fulfill this set of fixtures. They must be played home and away against those three teams that I mentioned before. I guess... The upshot uh, of the draw was um, very interesting. We got to see the cool um, McAllister angle. Uh, We got to see that, you know, the travel situation should be quite manageable, given 
Austria, France and Belgium as the destinations. And I guess those factors definitely will play into it, Dave, uh, when it comes to squad selection and team selection, because, you know, all of these things, travel, etc., impact uh, players in different ways. Uh, and I guess we, I suppose, already have hit a mini jackpot, have we, in terms of the makeup of that group? and the just geographical fact of their location. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, because when you look at some of the teams we could have got potentially in the, the draw, we you could have had like monstrous travel, tre- Trev. I can't really think of another way of putting it, you know, thousands of miles type of things on the clock. So when you actually look at, at where we've got, and essentially almost draw the circle around mainland Europe, as it were, it, it could have been a lot worse. So, yeah, and that probably plays a, a part in my thinking as well. So it's a pretty good draw, all things considered. I don't think Liverpool fans can argue with that at all. So let's get to the meat of the discussion, which is the Europa League squad, as far as we can work it out, a 25-man squad not including Adrian. So basically it looks like almost everybody else is up for grabs and available to the manager. Um, That is an interesting thing. I want to just, again, when you click on the Liverpool FC site, the official site, that will tell you that you've got in goalkeeping, you've got Alison, Adrian, who we know is not, part of the Europa League squad, uh, Marcelo Pitaluga and Cuevin Kelleher. And we would imagine, and I'm going to just throw this assumption out there, that Cuevin plays a lot of minutes in these cup competitions. I'm interested. Maybe Pitaluga will. Maybe Cuevin is on, on going to be on his bike in January. I think a lot of us were su- surprised he wasn't sold uh, to bring in some revenue uh, in the window just gone by. Um, in defender category on the official website is Joe Gomez, Virgil van Dijk, Ibrahima Kanate, Costas Simicus, Andy Robertson, Joel Matip and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, obviously, there are other people who we know who could come into that, including the likes of Conor Bradley. Um, in midfield, there's obviously Wataru Endo, there's Thiago, there's uh, Dominic, Alexis, Curtis, Harvey, Ryan Gravenberg and Stefan Bacetic. And we are still not sure as to his timeline and Thiago's uh, for recovery. Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunes, Mohamed Salah, Cody Gakpo and Diogo Jota make up the very impressive uh, forward section of the uh, of the squad. And again, we know there are fringe players around that. I've mentioned Ben Dolk, uh, I mentioned Connor Bradley, uh, and there will be one or two others who could potentially feature as well. Here's the thing. How many of those others should feature? How many uh, of the fringe squad members should be in the actual team for you when it comes to playing those Europa League fixtures? I'm going to set it up and be immediately contrarian. I'm not sure that I buy into the whole, oh, throw the kids at it thing. I'll tell you why. One, I want us to win this trophy. Uh, I think it could be a very important trophy for this squad to win. It could be a fantastic uh, bonding experience for this uh, developing squad. Uh, That's number one. Number two, I think it it might be a tad arrogant to dismiss uh, the Europa League it is a, Euro, a European trophy and beggars can't be choosers. 
and I'm not sure I like the whole oh, this crap do we have to take part because now I'm all in I may have been that guy before when the Champions League was a possibility but now I'm all in so these are and, and this is only my personal opinion Dave so there are two reasons why I think I may push back a little bit if uh, our discussion tends to go towards you saying the kids and me saying well maybe we'll have some uh, some of the more experienced players as well just to set it up in a broad broad sense where are you in terms of the, the the makeup of the team for most of those games uh, in terms of the players who will get the most minutes do you are you the the team uh, throw the kids at it or are you more let's have a balanced approach here or are you all in let's play a strong team in each game are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must have fan threads well over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I'm kind of halfway between all of those in a way, Trev. I've got to be honest. So for me, I definitely want to see certain selected younger players let's put it that way in the team in the Europa team on a regular basis I've got to be honest on that I do want to see experienced members of the squad doesn't mean they're they're starters they're in the first 11 by any means but I, I want experience in there and we have got players for me that meet that criteria and then the other element Trev which probably sounds a bit like tomorrow's world now but I want a bit of science applied to the remaining selections which will become clear as well I know it sounds like like panorama now almost but yeah a a real mix I do want to see I know it's almost putting middle ground politicians answer on all of those elements but that's honestly how I see it I think it does sound like that but I also completely follow your logic because I think what you're saying will be the reality. I think it will be a mixture of uh, our, uh, you know, boffins getting together and seeing who, what's the the, the critical uh, mass of minutes required or what's the load that they're able to, able to take at any given uh, stage. And there will be, you'd imagine, some number crunching going on in terms of that selection. But you you also get what I'm saying what I'm saying in terms of looking at a team and seeing if it's deliberately weighted towards uh you know a, 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 a clever selection or will it be let's go balls out and and just chance blooding some of these kids with the selection of fringe players I have a feeling that that might be a very cocky and probably unwise way to go if we have designs on winning the trophy. It might emerge very clear, very quickly, that Kloppo has no designs on winning the trophy. And I think these selections will tell. So let's 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 kick it about a little bit. Let's start with the, 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 the various positions. And so what, what would be a 
a decent selection for goalkeeper for you? I mean, are you going Kelleher? Are you going Pitaluga? Does Allison ever feature? And if so, when? Yeah, to to me, the the early rounds or the group stages, as we call them, it's got to be Kelleher, Trev. Otherwise, what the hell was the point in keeping him, to be honest? And why, why the hell, A, didn't we invite offers for him if it's not the case? And why the hell did he want to stay in that regard? I mean, just, just for the, the Carabao and the domestics, can't really see it. I think it's a, a nice, easy decision for me that I even flirted with whether I'd even have Alison travelling. I don't know on that. But especially for, let's just say, the group stages now, Kelleher in goal, nailed on for me. Now, I'm in complete agreement there, and you've brought up a very interesting question. And I think, and this is p- perhaps running c- con- contrary to what I was suggesting earlier on, I think you do give Alison a complete rest. I think you do make sure that he doesn't travel. I think you leave him out of that squad. So he's not sitting on the bench getting cold or whatever it happens to be. And he is having a proper downtime because that guy is... Well, he was our most important footballer last year. Uh, he is w- one of the most important footballers in the team, and he will be the reason or one of the major reasons uh, for us winning anything. So I think the kid gloves with Alisson, I think that treatment, when you've got an absolutely uh, wonderfully competent substitute in the form of Keller, um, who, as you say, is mysteriously still at the club, it's an absolute no-brainer. And for me, Pitaluk is on the bench. Um, but, and to tease this out a little bit more, I think when you get to the knockout stages of this competition, then you start making sure that you have yourself the best possibility of winning the bloody thing. And I know the, the, the knockout stages of this thing take ages to get through as well. But... I don't know. I'm thinking you get to a quarterfinal. I think cheers, big Kev. Um, but it's time for the daddy. Uh, so that's where I'm cutting it off. <laughs> Completely random. Here's me playing Clapo. Uh, what would you, what would be your take on that in terms of Alison's involvement? Yeah, absolutely. As soon as soon as it gets to the uh, the adult rounds, the serious rounds, Alison in. End of story. <laughs> Okay, I like it. I like it. I like where we're going here so far because an awful lot of people would say, "Well, you can't do that to a fella." Like, like we saw with with Quivian in the, you know, in the in the domestic cups before, he, he absolutely was outstanding and got his chance to be front and center in the in in the, in the Carabao win and all that. So. Uh, some people have that sentimental thing, but I, I, I think we have to be absolutely, absolutely ruthless. And this is where that um, strategy comes in that you were talking about as well. Um, OK, what would be a good looking defence for you in terms of the uh, group stage games from the available players? Look, we understand one or two of the lads are made of very delicate stuff um, when it comes to uh, their injury records. Um, hopefully, hopefully, and I am um, grasping the wooden table as I say this, hopefully Joe Gomez is, is coming out the far end of that period of his career and will go injury-free for quite a while now. Um Joel Matip seems to be increasingly delicate as we get, as we, as we, the years go on. Um, what do you think? What the, what would a good, solid, this wins the game defence look like for you? 
This will be interesting, Trev, because I think in a good, juicy way, this will be where we start to see it a little bit differently, which is always healthy. It's always good to have the Discord as well. So here's, interestingly, how I see it, Trev. Always subject to, you know, injuries, like you said, all, the, all those points of thing, which are completely fair. However, three names that I want to see on the team sheet for these games on a regular basis, obviously, if everything goes to plan, are... Good old Costas at left back. For me, this is one you don't risk Andy Robbo at all unless you have to. We are short of left backs or left sided defenders, if you want to call it that, within the squad. But Simicast, name on the team sheet, nice and easy. The other two, this will be interesting. I want to see Trev Jarrell Quonser start every single one of these. This is a 20 year old player, it's not a 17 year old kid. It's a 20-year-old centre-back who Jürgen has made the call to keep on. You know, not not low. We didn't get another defender in as we thought we would. So he's either good enough a little bit or he isn't at this stage. Now, that isn't just to write the kid off if he doesn't shine. I want to be clear on this. But he's kept him around for a reason. He's also done quite well, you know, in the little snippets, the little minutes that we've seen him. So I really want to see Quanta on the team sheet as well. And then the final one, Trev, which may also leave you aghast, believe it or not, for me, with it being his last year, I want to see Joel Matip start these as well. I really do. I really want to see Joel Matip as, for me now, the fourth choice centre-back starting these. Now, this is probably wishful thinking because we know how our injuries work. But if I could divvy it up this way, Matip and Kwanzaa, as the two centre-backs. Now, the right-back situation is fascinating because, like you said, Connor Bradley's carrying injury. No one's 100% sure when he's going to be back. The other thing I would say from a defensive point of view, which might even leave it further agape here, Trev, but the manhole covers off, so I'm going in two feet deep. I wouldn't have Trent anywhere near these games. I really wouldn't. You know, he's so important to us, what we do, the way we play. I would not have him anywhere near these games of picking up an injury. Canate and VVD, you leave one of them at home every time as well, especially for the aways. You, If they do play, it's coming on very late if you just want to give them a run out. So, yeah, might have left your uh, mouth a bit agape there, but that is honestly how I see it right now, Trev, for the defensive side. So, hang on, I'm not quite clear, quite clear on who, you, who, you're, who you're starting at right back then. I, I am literally, Trev, I am being, <laughs> I'm almost giving myself a cop out here, I appreciate, I'm being flexible uh, at right back, but Trent doesn't play it, so we make do with either someone like Badge switching in there, whether Endo, something like that, uh, at an absolute push, but we make do, and even if it has to be Gomez possibly, which I don't really want, I really don't want, but you make a plan where Trent Alexander-Arnold doesn't play a minute in the group stages for me. That is what I would do. <laughs> yeah, it is controversial because, again, a young man, captain of the club, uh, in, in certain situations like he was the last day, depending on, you know, uh, depending on, on, on who's on the pitch. Uh, I think there you might, I think this might be one of those ones where Klopp goes, he has to play. Um 
And I, I find myself in agreement with you, actually. Uh, there's no two ways about it. It's Simicus. And the reason it's Simicus is because you want him with minutes in his leg legs in case something happens to Andy Robbo and also I think you want to maximise what you get out of Andy Robbo in the league so you make sure he doesn't have to play the uh, group stages no matter if he wants to or not even if he's having a little strop because he wants to play he doesn't play Um, because I've said it I'm on a record saying this he absolutely will be central to us doing anything good in the league because he is the only specialist we've got there uh, that is of the level that we require to be um, where we want to be at the end of the year. So we need to keep him fit and and in good form and full of energy. Um, So it's Simicus, of course it is. Now, again, I want to see Kwanzaa starting, yes. And it's his partner here that we might um, have a couple of different um, uh, discussions about. I, I think Joel Matip is a great shout here. I also would be quite happy to see Joe Gomez. I, I, I quite like perhaps even the thoughts of us going comparatively strong and going Matip and Gomez in this cup in a world where you can keep Ibu Kanate fit and Virgil van Dijk fit for league only. So this would be my ideal situation in a, in a world where injuries don't occur. Um, I'd have Joel and Joe as centre-half partnership in the group stages again so they got rhythm so they're playing regularly so that if they do have to step in to the Premier League side that they're they have that rhythm which we've seen is pretty vital um alternatively you could have Joe at right back and Kwanzaa and Matip um as the partnership and I think playing all of those guys in this competition is warranted. Um, the only other experiment that I could see happening, because I think I think he's going to play Trent, the only other experiment I could see happening is if we we're going to continue with this stepping from right back into midfield role, maybe Bacetic is the guy who's groomed to do that as, uh, as um, Trent's understudy, and he gets to practice that role um, in the... Europa League group stages. So lots on the table there. Um, and I, I, some uh, agreement, and as you say, some discord. The midfield is going to be serious crack. Let's talk midfield now. Where and what? Uh, are we going with a three? Should we go 4 3 3 in a, just, just for simplicity's sake? Um, or, or or what? What, 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 what you, you call it here? What do you want to do in terms of the uh, makeup of the midfield? I think you, for me, when I thought about this, especially because I had Trent not involved, that's that's one of my honest things that I hope they steer towards. You can't really, or I wouldn't be playing the the hybrid, the box midfield, the Trent formation, etc., whatever you want to call it, without Trent. So yeah, four three three was the way I looked at it. Excellent. With that in mind, then, uh, of the options available to us there, what do you think the midfield looks like? I'm going to start the conversation with the whole idea of a defensive (laughs) member of the midfield. And maybe I'm being a complete idiot because, as we know, with the exception of Endo, we don't actually have that lad in the squad anymore. And um, we've been told by all the guys who are... um, 
you know, uh, very critical of, of, of anyone being critical, that uh, he's got loads of players. So what do you want? Um, so Jurgen is going to have to make it work. Whether Endo becomes a fixture or not, I think that's very much up for grabs. I really do. Um, so I think he's going to make it work with McAllister as the most, as the deepest line midfielder going forward in, in the Premier League, at least until January. And if that is the case, um, I do not in the way that you don't want to see Trent playing uh, in these group games I don't want to see um, either of our two new boys in, in this I, I, just don't, I just don't I know Dom, Dominic's probably unbreakable again grasping the wood of the table uh, so he could probably play all the games and he'd be fine but I just I, I, I want to see some of the other players so I'd like to see Curtis Jones being uh, a regular member here again I think he's a very good footballer who uh, it would be very beneficial for us to have him up to speed now there is a world in which he is the chosen one for Jurgen in the first team for the Premier League so that might rule that out Harvey Elliott again not a midfielder in my mind, but I think he needs to have minutes and I really want to see the new boy Gravenberg as well. So for me, an interesting midfield, I don't think it functions as a unit at all, um, would be to see Jones, Elliott and Gravenberg. But it's probably more likely if Endo is not the first team boy that he will be the Europa League boy holding the base of the midfield. Uh, and if Endo is in the team and therefore getting rhythm and ready to step into the first team if needed, then I think either side of them I'd like to see Curtis and Harvey getting very regular minutes here. What's your what's your midfield take? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one because I'm, I'm quite distinct, almost like you, on who I want in there and who I don't want to see. So first things first. Tiago, we know we, you get limited minutes out of the Spanish magician every year, so I don't want to see him travelling or playing for these. I really don't, Trevor. I'd far rather see us use his minutes where we can for big Premier League games. He's that good for me, so he's almost off the table. Wherever possible, similar to you, and I'm saying that carefully, wherever possible, I don't want to see Dom and Alexis in this competition either at all. Very much saving them for, for the main things. I know people are going to say... It's a boss-like machine and all this. Why would you take him picking up a knock against, for instance, to lose away, you know, and missing a big Premier League game? I just wouldn't have those three anywhere near it. That's my first sort of caveat, big thing on the table. What I want specifically for this competition 
is there's two players I want starting, Trev, and then science comes into the mix, which is going to sound odd, but stay with me on this. So the two I want starting in this competition are Harvey Elliott and Ryan Gravenberg. There's the two I want every game in this competition. I think it's good for them, especially as Grav gets used to it. Harvey Elliott's doing good bits almost when he's coming on his sub, isn't he? But this is where he's going to get his regular minutes and almost not prove himself. That's too strong, but show what he can do. Has he kicked on the level we all hope he can? Then, Trev, it comes into a rotation perspective, the science bit I was talking about. Depending on what's happened in the league, minutes, injuries and all those... There's a third spot for grabs for me, and the people that are going to be competing for that, like you said, are Endo, Jones, and Wee Badge. And you rotate them, Trev. I.e., you might give them one an hour, one thirty minutes, depending on what you need. But for me, Elliot and Grab start it, whatever, and then the others rotate. And when I say rotate, maybe they naturally come on, you know, for for half an hour. There's a bit of science there and being smart, but. Elliot and Grav nailed on that team sheet for me, bar any injuries. I misspoke there at the end of my contribution. I meant to say Endo and ahead of them. What I want to see, the, the, the midfield I want to see the most, Endo and ahead of them, I want to see Harvey Elliott and Ryan Gravenberg. I, I misspoke, I, I included Curtis. Uh, but I think you're probably right. I think the, your assessment of it is probably right. There will be a sort of a, a, a very much a floating uh, a staff employed there. But I do hope, like yourself, that we get to see lots and lots of minutes for Ryan Gravenberg in this um, particular competition and Harvey Elliott has the potential to step up a level as well in terms of um, maybe making himself almost indispensable to the squad uh, I know a lot of people the the I think the jury's out a little bit um, I find that hard to believe because he's, he's not supposed to be defensive minded and he perhaps he is a little bit headless in that aspect of the game but I think it's a bit harsh to hold him to that standard as how you assess him as a footballer uh, I've rarely seen anyone as positive confident uh, forward thinking uh, when it comes to receiving the ball in an attacking situation and I think that could work wonderfully well for us in this competition so I'm looking forward to that now we do have quite a lot of choice I would assume that we're both going to want to see plenty of a certain youngster from Scotland. But your turn this time to go first in terms of what looks like a good and group winning selection for you in terms of the forward line. Um, What will get us the requisite goals without being too experimental? What will get us the amount of wins that we need to top that group without perhaps having to rely too much on guys we're going to need to be really firing in the Premier League. Or, and this was what was going through my head um, when we decided to do this show and you suggested the topic to me, I was thinking Mo Salah. And I was thinking Mo Salah and what we mentioned on our show yesterday, uh, having a look at Billy Little's record. I was thinking... Mo would really fancy some of these group games. Whether we think that's a good idea or not, you know he really would fancy these group games. He can see a brace here, a hat-trick there. Uh, and again, I don't want to sound... This is not being arrogant about our opposition. I, I don't know enough about them except to know that we should be beating them um, in terms of the comparative level. 
of their footballers and our footballers. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I have a sneaking suspicion you might see Mo Salah feature quite a bit. So what do you reckon? What's looking good for you in terms of a forward selection? And I'll see, can I agree or disagree then? Yeah, this is, is such a weird one, the forwards, Trev, because I genuinely, and I mean this sincerely, want to see Ben Doke in all of these. I really do. And when I say see him, not just coming on for 15, 20 minutes, like give the kid the minutes. This this to me, especially for for the opposition, it's not trying to be disrespectful or say it's going to be easy, but, you know, he, he stayed there. You've not put him out on loan. You know, give this kid the minutes. I, I think he's a potential superstar. I mean that we've already seen him burning players, going past them at will. It's almost just that that final ball, so to speak. But that can come. And the thing is, Trev, that's only going to come by playing in bigger games, isn't it? Bigger competitions. As much as you practice on the training ground, you've got to do it wholeheartedly. So, Ben Doak, I am desperate to see start these games. I would love it. The other forward spaces. This this is my bit of my worry because my gut is telling me, Trev. I would love to see Mo Salah nowhere near this competition. That's what my gut's telling me. But it's also telling me that Mo Salah is in Jürgen's ear going, hey, I can get goals, I can break records, I want to be involved. And Jürgen's, you know, got, got to manage that, in essence, in that regard. And I've got a feeling Mo, understandably, is going to push for this. And he's not any player. He is an absolute machine. You know, his injury record is absolutely insane. It really is. It's a, it's incredible, but I just, it's just niggling in my gut that we're going to play him in these and, you know, he's, he's getting a bit older and all those types of things. So I think he's going to be involved, but if you ask me with my head, I wouldn't have him anywhere near it. So well, we'll have to see that forwards, though, for the other two, because it's important talking, because if, if I was honest, I wouldn't want Salah anywhere near it. The other two positions are science. What I mean by that, Trev, is dependent on maybe who's played in the week. So let's just kick an example. Say if Gakpo started in the game and it's Gakpo, Diaz and Salah, for instance, in the league, then to me... Nunes and Jota get the start alongside Doke, if that makes sense. It all depends on, you know, minutes, rotations, keeping them as fresh as possible and trying to maybe help them with goals. But the way it's going at the moment, if I was being brave, I could well see the likes of Jota especially getting regular minutes in this. And I think Gakpo will come in. So Gakpo-Nunes is a bit of a debate. But Ben Doke, for me has to start these simple as that that is honestly my strong held belief and opinion i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue with you in terms of wanting to see ben doke um on the small sample size of stuff that i have managed to see of him in a red shirt uh it's it's incredibly exciting um and you'd like to think that this would be a fantastic opportunity to to platform that talent and, and give him a chance to to kick on because you're not going to unless you get the opportunities uh i agree with you in terms of the it will very much depend on what's happening in the first team if you had a period of time where darwin nunez wasn't firing and again i'm not even 100 percent sure that clapo is now 100 percent on darwin I'm, I'm really not um despite his heroics against Newcastle when he came on um, 
and he remember he came on. He he wasn't first choice there, and he got his for he got his start in the last game, uh, and contributed to two of the goals. Um, I, I an assist and a, and a, and 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 a contribution in the build up to to the other. I, I, I think it's going to be absolutely vital that Darwin Nunez is scoring goals for us. So if he is, for example, like you said, out of favour or not managing to do what he what he what we want to see him doing in the first team, he must play these games because we can't we're not we can't exist in a reality where Darwin Nunez is not um, scoring goals for us this season. I, I don't think anything comes of this season without that as a feature. Uh, Cody Gakpo may find himself. Uh, relegated to the uh, secondary position as number nine. If so, then it's a no-brainer that he starts. We know he's a very good finisher. We know he's an inventive footballer. Uh, and um, it would be very interesting to see him and Ben Doak and see what they could do together. Um, but it's that left-sided attacking um, forward space that I'm finding myself a little bit freaked out about in terms of who goes into it? We know Diogo Jota can play there. Darwin Nunes used to play there. Um, but you can't... If Luis Diaz is an Aylon starter, and he's kind of our main guy in that area, then you can't see him featuring too much, too much in these group games. So I wonder. I wonder who will, who will be there. And, you know, is it... <laughs> what does Jota think... Uh, if that's his, if that's his assigned role, I don't know. It's it, there's a, there's science. You're right, Dave, but an aspect of this too will be psychology, um, and it will very much depend on how the players are perceiving this trophy. I really hope the club has them in a mindset where they're absolutely up for it and they have it as a priority. They really want to win a European. A trophy and lift that gorgeous cup aloft in Dublin at the end of the year. I hope that's what the mindset is. But you see where I'm going with this, Dave. If it isn't a priority, people may say, "Oh, well, I'm I'm with the stiffs this week." Is it? You know that kind of men- mentality that it, it very much will depend on how highly the manager appears to be prioritising it to the squad. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because it would be easy to almost. If you're just being blunt and crude, go, oh, the second 11 all play, you know, the the Europa, that's how it will be. But there's got to be a, a balance to it, as it, as it were, especially for, for Klopp keeping everyone happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I just get the feeling almost like you said, that whether it's on in the middle or from the left side, that Jota's going to get a lot of this competition. I mean, we, we've got five senior forwards who have got different attributes and it's probably our strongest area of the squad isn't it Trev Let, let's not lie about that at all we've got some brilliant options like you I think it's always Salah and two Luis Diaz seems to be the left hand side at the moment you know he's got a few goals early in the season that electric pace and all that I, I do think that the shirt is his at the moment which leaves Jota Nunes and Gakpo almost competing for that middle as it were and the one thing I would say about Jota if you just look at the the way it's gone this season Trev he didn't have a good game at Chelsea he wasn't you know he was, he was taken off early that the, the team struggled don't get me wrong with the balance but he didn't have a good game there he wasn't great against Bournemouth but he did Jota things with an assist and you know a rebound tapping then on the bench against Newcastle did you know did quite well to be fair but almost to, to go back to what you said coming on in that regard and then you look at the Villa game just gone Diaz 
Nunes, Salah did really, really well, didn't we? That's our best performance of the season. Uh, Nunes is the kicker for me. This is where I'm sort of hedging my bets. And I know this is a politician's answer, but this is all spiralling round a bit for me a little bit in the head. Nunes, Trev, like you said, I, I wasn't convinced at the start of the season. I'm still not fully convinced that Kloppo is, you know, buying into him, as it were. But you know, Trev, you know Kloppo said the way into this team is, you know, the pressing defensive side. The stats showed against Villa, Darwin's pressing was insane. The up boys did a few bits on it. You know, it's the it's the fifth best pressing stats from the number nine, you know, since they started doing their stats. Not just this season or, you know, in the last few years, since they started. That said, how good he is. And even in this game, you know, yeah, it wasn't two goals against Newcastle, but it was an assist. It was hitting the post. It was making things happen, pressing insanely. I just get a little sneaker, and there's nothing you know you can guarantee with this, that you've got to keep on with Darwin as he's starting to, to do this, because if he's going up a level, let's ride that wave. And I just get the feeling with Diaz being the other key starter, he might not like it, but my gut's telling me, Trev, Diogo might be enjoying some regular Europa minutes, barring any injuries. That's what my gut's honestly telling me. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair because... If if we're talking about a world in which you know you might have Mo Salah and Jurgen Zier, um Diogo Jota wants to play football as well, and um, if he can get into a run of goal scoring, he'll make himself um, undroppable in terms of the first team, including in the Premier League too, because that is the most valuable asset to any team is the person who can put the ball in the back of the net, and we know Jota has that happy knack. So it's going to be very very interesting to watch how it develops and. Aside altogether from selection chat for a second, I wonder, do you see, we've kind of touched on this already. I was suggesting, you know, if we're going to um, continue on with the, the, the in-game experiment of Trent pushing into midfield, then perhaps he will continue to do that in the Europa League. Because like I said, if Virgil's not on the pitch, I can see a situation where uh, he's, he's going to be... Um, playing these games perhaps um, 
we know what Klopp was like with trusted lieutenants. And maybe maybe Trent's not in that category yet. I don't know. Um, but if he isn't, if he is spared for Premier League duty, at least, uh, or, or, or spared until we hopefully get to the knockout stages of this thing, um, Batidic might come in there. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, and it would be interesting to see him do Trent type things in terms of stepping in and using his range of passing as well. Um, do you see us uh, adapting any particular approach? Do you see the uh, Europa League strategy being any different to the Premier League strategy? I'm going to further complicate this question with another clause to it. Is it entirely daft to be doing something different in the Europa League than we are doing in the Premier League? Is that not actually kind of received wisdom at this point that it's a good idea to have a playing style throughout, never mind the first team in different competitions, but the first team and the under-23s and the academy and so on? Um, What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, there are all fair elements to, to the question. For me... First of all, history tells you in the Premier League, no team really does that well going Thursday, Sunday, do they, Trev? They tend to struggle, you know, when they play their their first teams. And if we want to finish, you know, as, as high up as possible, whatever people think that can be, you've got to rotate. I think also a bit of history, you look at Arsenal last season, as much as, you know, they, they were close to a, a challenge, however, you, you know, you wish to adapt that phrase. They had a bit of success early doors by very much. There was a league team and there was a Europa team. And I think we should be taking an, an element of that blueprint, uh, blueprint sorry, a bit of separation there. That's my honest first answer to the, the third element. I'm almost doing it in reverse here. The second bit about the strategy that you said, science has got to come into it for me. And I mean that in a, in a big way, as in rotating the minutes round, i.e. if Gakpo starts in the league, for instance, you wouldn't start him in the Europa, especially with the, the forwards and very much having some that, due to ages, the minutes they play like Thiago are just not involved. That's my honest take on that, that second element. And then the other bit about, you know, and I get the point about, you don't, don't want to veer wildly, for, you know, between the two. I totally understand that. So here's how I see it. You know, I've named a young team, Trev, quite, you know, predominantly with a bit of experience. You take players for the bench and you I'm calling it break glass in case of emergency. So if Mo Salah desperately wants to go and I think he will force the issue, I don't get that for why, etc. You tell him carefully, well, I'm going to manage your minutes. And that, that works for certain players as well, i.e. you might only get a half half 30 minutes, half an hour type of thing. So you manage it very, very carefully and you just keep a little bit back for, and and I don't really envisage this in the group stage because it's quite worrying if we need to break the glass against Toulouse, for instance, you know, not not trying to minimise these teams, but break glass in case of emergency players are there. That's how I see it for me, Trev. History tells you you do separate the two, to be successful, you use the science, you rotate the minutes based on what's needed. And listen, it's the perfect nightmare to have five senior forwards of quality, isn't it? It's brilliant for Jurgen Klopp. So you use the science, you manage that well. And you just potentially keep certain players to break glass case of emergency. You've got to go about this for me in a very calculated manner. 
all this talk of calculation and, and, and science, um, you've been mainlining under pressure clearly of late, Chief. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very, ta- <laughs> very taken aback by your uh, uh, by your, by your, your your reliance on the the uh, the science, but I do I do actually quite like where you're going with that. Um, in terms of of of, of how you've addressed all of those questions I put to you, and I understand that was a, a multi-pronged beast of a of a of a, a question to ask. It's just it is an interesting one to think about. Should there be a different approach? Um, I think the only difference should be in the selection myself, and, and I would really like to see us just go back to what we're what we were so good at and what made us almost unplayable, which was that four three three with Trent being the best right back in the world. Um, I, I really hope that that is the. That is the default setting going forward for the rest of the season. Um, I think it frees up other people to do things um, in a better way as well. Uh, so I would like to see that as the strategy across all the competitions, but it's the selection of the team that we're here to talk about today. And there is one further wrinkle, of course, in this chat that we're having here, which is that it's not just the Europa League. Slap bang in the middle of September, um, the 27th, if you don't mind, we have a Carabao Cup fixture uh, against Leicester at Anfield um, on the Wednesday night. Um, ahead of a game on the Saturday uh, against Tottenham, an evening kickoff at half five. So the turnaround there is Wednesday to Saturday, which is not ideal. Um, And then the following Thursday, we're back in the Europa League again. And just for context, the Premier League fixture, which I'm lucky enough to be attending against West Ham, is on the 24th. Uh, at Anfield, um, a weird two o'clock kickoff, uh, and then we have the Carabao Cup game on the Wednesday, and we have Premier League again on Saturday. So here, I think I'm thinking completely outside the box in terms of this competition and the selection for it. I don't see this being the same as the Europa League at all, because I see it being far further down the priority list. Um, I see it, just to clarify, this is my personal take before anyone starts thinking I'm putting words in Jurgen's mouth or assuming anything. This is, you know, we can only give our own opinions. Uh, I, for one, would not be awfully disappointed uh, if the game against Leicester was the first and last game in that competition this year because of the demand of the Europa League group stage. Other people will see that as absolute heresy. You may yourself, Dave, I'm not sure. Um, But it would heavily influence the selection process for me. So everywhere earlier on where I was saying, well, maybe I'd like to see a bit more of a senior type selection here, chalk it off and put a kid in anywhere possible. The most fringe squad members and all of the the, uh, talented children would be the makeup of the team for the Carabao Cup for me, precisely because I don't know if it's a clever idea for us to be trying to spin all of these plates. Now, some people would say we have the squad depth to do it, um, if especially if we're going to put trust in fringe players and uh, youth um, youthful players. Um, do you have any uh, particular contrast in your thoughts about the Carabao Cup 
team selection? Such a weird one, Trev. And I actually, I, I swither between the two because I get the, the older style Liverpool fan in me is we want a pot on the board, you know, on the mantelpiece at the end of the year. That's what it's about. Trophies, silverware, however you wish to address it. That That's the, the priority. It's not, a, you know, about league placings in the sense of if you're not first, you're not anything type of thing. And, and I get that. I understand. And I've got that kind of from the way I was brought up within me in that sense. But I also totally, totally think about the, you know, we finished fifth place. We need to be top four, whatever the impact on finances, transfer, all, all those types of things. So I really, really do swither on this. And I, and I kind of don't put myself in either camp fully. And I'm going to be honest for my gut, for the Carabao, I don't mind if, Salah plays, so if domestic go- goes, there's less travel, that plays an element. I'm quite happy if we see those names I mentioned, Kelleher, Doak, and all those types of things. The key crux for me, Trev, is the Europa. I think we've got a great chance of winning it. And, you know, the the time we'd have in Dublin and all those types of things, a big European pot on the shelf would be amazing for me. So I do put it above the Carabao. But listen, I was at Wembley for the final when we won it, and it was incredible. But overall, I'd put the Europa above it. I really, you know, would in my priority list. So that is the key element. So like you, if there was kids in place, like Doak was playing, but but we've got good kids at, at the same time. And I know I'm kind of politician and a half answering this, but Europa's above it for me, so... I could get behind what you said, but I also wouldn't mind if we started a few and brought them off type of thing either. I'm kind of easy-ozy with the Carabao, as it were. Yeah, I mean, it would be absolutely fantastic if we could do uh, pull up some trees with our our very much fringe players in the Carabao Cup. And nothing would give me greater pleasure than to see that. Um, that would be fantastic. Uh, but just in terms of prioritisation and, and in terms of... Well, I, I hope I'm wrong, I, and I hope the squad shows uh, hitherto unseen levels of durability and and strength, and and injury-free status. That would be absolutely marvelous. And then you have what you referred to earlier on, like kind of the tough of the top type headaches, where you've got, oh no, what am I going to do? I've got five brilliant forwards. I've got like f- f- six brilliant defenders. Oh no, that's the kind of headache everybody wants. And I hope we have those headaches. Um, but, you know, like I say, if we're being ruthless and prioritising, I think that would be a game where whatever experimentation or whatever, oh, we'll just try this kid out, would be the time for that to happen. And I just want to kind of assess how you think, how far you think we can go. If you think Europa is, 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 a, is a, 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 a priority for us uh, in terms of the cup competitions, um, do you have any... Uh, hope or optimism around us winning it because it's a very oh it's a it's a slog Dave to get through this competition it's a freaking slog and I'm just looking at who else is available or who else is in that um, uh, competition obviously West Ham are in there and Olympiacos are in there Ajax and Marseille and Brighton and AEK Athens and you know, Rangers are not going to win anything. Betis are in there. Uh, Sparta Prague are probably not going to win anything. Sporting are in there. Atalanta are in there. Um, Villarreal are in there, of course. Uh, Rennes are in there as well. Uh, Panathinaikos, Maccabi Haifa. Roma. Uh, 
uh, Leverkusen. Um, there's a few teams there who have it in them to win this trophy if they go on a decent run. Um, where are your optimism levels at in terms of how far do you think we go in terms of depth into this competition? Uh, do you think perhaps we might reach a stage where Jurgen kind of fobs it off a little bit because the the Premier League is absolutely the priority and it's just one too many spinning plates. Do you see it being an absolute focus? Because it is in itself a route into the Champions League, right? So what's your what's your assessment of how far we go in that in that particular competition in the interest of safeguarding everyone's optimism Trevor and playing expectations down we are gonna win that thing we are gonna light up Dublin and a half we are gonna absolutely add that trophy to our list and then Jurgen Klopp will have won absolutely everything he possibly could and has entered Trev. That's honestly, I think we're going to win it. Now, people can call that wild, deluded, genuinely don't care. I think we are going to win that competition. The way I see it is we will not cruise through because obviously it's a reduced team, so to speak, but we will get to our group. No doubt, I'm confident we top it. And there's, there's good teams like your name, Trev. There's absolutely good teams, but... With smart rotation and a bit of sensibility, a bit of science, as I said there, I absolutely think I cannot get my head around anything else. Just in case you're wondering, Trev, I have already booked my accommodation in Dublin. I'll probably be knocking on your front door at one time as well, just to catch on and catch up. But I think we win this. How about that for a bit of optimism, eh? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm all in as well. I really want us to win this for obvious reasons. Uh, I love the trophy. I've always loved this competition. I actually love the trophy itself as a physical thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful cup. Um, it would complete the set for the manager. And uh, I like the idea of the glory of a European victory at the end of the season. I think it would restore some of the status that we allowed to slip a little bit um, because at the end of the day, nobody really gives a shit uh, once you've won and anyone who's doing the kind of, um, you know, diminishing kind of uh, comments about how it's not the Champions League, that all melts away when you're lifting a trophy in the air. Uh, and I would love that to be the case for us. I'm optimistic about it. To the extent that anyone listening here now i'm currently uh, i'm, I'm going to offer my uh, back garden here if people want to throw a tent up if we do get to the final you're more than welcome i'll give you sandwiches <laughs> we'll organize a bus <laughs> uh, i mean that would be just can you imagine the crack Dave, um, it, it, it would be just outrageously good. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all in. Very very excited about it. As as, as uh, I've I've dropped all my uh, um, sort of hesitancy around it and, and and wariness and disappointment about not being in the Champions League because what's the fucking point in being disappointed about something you can't change? So. Yeah, all in for this one. And I, I like you, I think we have a good chance. The the clubs I mentioned there all have it in them. Um not all, but a lot of them have it. The likes of Roma, Atalanta. 
even West Ham, we know, have it in them to win a European trophy. So you'd be wary uh, of of some of those clubs, but you'd like to think you would absolutely back us against any of the names I've mentioned there if it was in a final or semi-final. So yeah, uh, absolutely with you on that in, in terms of the positivity. I suppose just for completion's sake then in the Carabao Cup, you know where, where I am with this. I, I don't see us going deep in the competition because I do think he will probably uh, very much... Um, play fringe players and um, may not have it as a priority so I, I don't see us going deep in that trophy I could be wrong um, w- just for the sake of completion to finish the show where do you see us um, ending up in, in terms of that particular competition yeah I kind of I kind of think similar to to be honest Trev especially as the, the season goes on we would need a very very fortuitous draw as it were I mean there's a reason why City always do well, isn't it? Because we end up with things like United or, or West Ham away, and they end up with Merva Tidville under 14s, like second 11, don't they? Yeah. yeah. That tends to be their competition for that reason. So, barring a very, very fortuitous draw, I'm struggling to see it, to be honest. Now, we are pretty much at the end of what we wanted to do here. I just always am wary that we've let something drop between the cracks. Uh, but I think we've covered off what we wanted to have a look at. In other words, the conundrum facing Kloppo in terms of selection for these competitions, Europa in particular, with all the fixtures that it entails. Um, but last word to yourself, Dave. Do you reckon we've done that topic justice in terms of the discussion? Is there anything that you, we should have flagged up that you think we didn't quite catch? No, I think we, we've covered everything. I think there was some healthy discord. It will be be interested to see. And I think like we, we kind of left it till the end, but absolutely right. We, we want to be in that Europe, Europa final in Dublin so bad. Full belief in these boys can, can do it that way. The league is always the priority, but... There's a nice bit to the Cups, isn't there, this year, Trev? Seeing the other members of the squad, seeing some of the kids get a chance. So, yeah, fingers crossed, though, it's all about Dublin. Yeah, it could be all upside, man. It is all upside getting a chance to see these footballers playing for Liverpool. And uh, after a summer spent talking about um, anything but matches, now we're actually chatting about matches and the possibility of winning them with different um different players in different roles I think that's all positive stuff and good stuff to look forward to I know I am looking forward to it I can't wait to do these uh, raw episodes based on the Europa League Um, uh, it'll be a a good experience and a fun experience well it will be if we're winning (laughs) it could be tough if we're not Um, but hopefully that is exactly what we would do and and, and hopefully we'll we'll be getting a good run right to the end and perhaps even a victory Uh, I really enjoyed talking about the potential for what those teams look like with you today and I think we might even try and do one more of these to fill in some um, valuable headspace for folks in the international break because let's be honest international football is a load of crap and uh, you know uh, all that matters really is the red so if we think of another idea between now and the end of the international break we'll come back and have another chat what say you? You know we can't resist it it's going to happen Trevor I could pretend it's not but we keep coming back to AI. Exactly, mate. So with that, we'll wrap it up. That was Dave Davis on Trev Denny. This was your bonus Who Plays in the Cups episode. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can be sure that we'll be back with you very, very soon. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.